All right, let's get into it. If you have your Bible, you can grab it and head over to Acts chapter 1. Uh, my name is Pastor Jake. I'm the lead pastor here at Great Oaks. So if you're joining us in Germantown or Washington or online, I'm pumped uh, that you are here today. This week and next week, we'll be focusing on a short part of a verse, kind of the back half of a verse. Uh, and it's a very important verse. It's one that should uh, inform every decision we make as Jesus followers. This verse uh, should be at the forefront of our minds. And uh, so we're going to look at that. And so let me just kind of show you that verse. It's the last uh, part of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And it, it just says this, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of of the earth. And so Jesus is very, very specific here in this verse. Kind of our last marching orders uh, before Jesus ascends into heaven for the disciples and for you and me. And so he's very specific. He talks about four different places Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So today I'm going to talk about how we accomplish that in one way. And then next week, Andy King uh, from Dream Center Peoria is going to be here. And he's going to be talking through how we accomplish Acts 1 8 in kind of a different way. And so you don't want to miss that. So Jesus is very specific. He could have easily said in this verse, uh, You'll be my witnesses everywhere. You'll be my witnesses everywhere. But he, was, he didn't choose to do that. He chose to say Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And so if you think about this uh, in concentric circles, there's a lot of crossover, right? But if you think about this in concentric circles, every church is placed in a certain area, a certain town, village, uh, city, suburb for a reason. And that, that place, that's our Jerusalem, Right? But then a little bit farther than that is our Judea. Judea was the region in which Jerusalem was, the, the region they belonged to. And, so, and then there's Samaria. Go out a little farther. There's Samaria. That, that was a, a different area next to Judea where there were people that were different than the Jewish people of Judea. And then the ends of the earth, I think, is, is pretty self-explanatory. And so we as a church, we have a Jerusalem. We have a Judea, a Samaria, and we have the ends of the earth as it, as it um, comes to our, our territory and our location. And so two years ago, I talked about this this way. I said, I said this is our territory, right? Uh, so two years ago, this was our territory. Germantown Hills and Metamora, this is where God has sovereignly placed us. This is our Jerusalem. When I say our territory, I'm not talking about like only Great Oaks belongs here and no other churches can be here. That's not what I'm talking about, right? Like that, that'd be silly. This is not a competition sport. Uh, we're all on the same team and we all want to see Jesus glorified. And so when I say our territory, I'm not saying no, no other churches are uh, invited. That's, that's just silly. So last week or last year, I said this is our territory. This is our Jerusalem. But, but what about the 18,000 people in, in Washington, uh, what about them? And so we talked through that. Hey, there's these other areas, Judea and Samaria, around our Jerusalem that we're supposed to be reaching. H how do we reach them? In the last two years, since I talked about that, we have planted a campus in Washington. Praise God, right? We planted a campus, a Great Oaks campus in Washington. And so now our map looks a little bit like this. It's become part of our Jerusalem. We've kind of expanded our territory, our reach, our our, um, how we can, our effectiveness in reaching people uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But still, my question is, what about the other communities? What about the 23,000 people in East Peoria? What, what, about, what about them? What, what about the, the 17,000 people that are in Morton? Uh, what, what about them? There's, there are all these other communities all around us. And so what about the 35,000 people that live in Pekin? Uh, what about the 115,000 people that live in Peoria proper? What, what, what about them? And listen, it's not just big cities and towns. There are lost people in rural America, central Illinois, rural central Illinois. There are small towns that need the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many of you believe that? 
Small towns that need the gospel of Jesus. The three of you believe it. It's cool. Um, there's, there's small towns that need the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what about the, the 2,000 that are in the Benson Roanoke area or the, the, the uh, 1,500 that are in Groveland down here or, or the, the, the 1,000 people. We don't have it on the map for some reason, but the 1,000 people, 1,000 souls that live in Washburn, Illinois. What about them? What about, what about them? God has called us not just to our Jerusalem, but to Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. He's called us, in other words, everywhere, at all times, everywhere. And there's a lot more than just this. This is, this is our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, but there's a lot more. Now, do these people, do these places we're talking about have Bible-believing churches, life-giving churches? Some of them do, right? Many of them do. They, they have that, but there are in each of these communities more people not plugged into a life-giving church, more people not following Jesus than that are. Are you tracking with me? So there is always, there's in every community, there are more people to reach for Jesus Christ. Plenty of people. And it's not just numbers, right? It's moms and dads, third graders, high school students, grandparents, college students, empty nesters, young professionals. These are people, people who matter to God, who matter to Jesus, who need Jesus just like you and I do. And God has called us to this place right here, Jerusalem, but he's also called us to Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. So think about it this way. Our church is called Great Oaks Community Church, right? And so if, any, if every church, we said every church is an oak tree, uh, what we do in most churches, what we spend most of our time and energy and money doing is producing acorns, Right? That's what we do. We're all about acorns. We're about disciples. We're about converts. We're about one at a time bringing people into our church, into our oak tree, and having this little acorn in our oak tree. Now, we may sometimes talk about disciples that make disciples, but, but most of the time, we're talking about our oak tree. Like, I want to build a big oak tree. I want to have the biggest oak tree in town. I want to have the most acorns I can possibly. We're all about building or growing an, an oak tree that has a whole bunch of acorns. And listen, that's not bad because if we're an oak tree, if the church is an oak tree, we need acorns, right? If we don't produce acorns, we're sick. Converts, disciples, the, the church needs to be doing that so, so it's not bad. But lots of times what we can do is we can focus all of our energy on creating or producing oak or acorns in our oak tree and forget about all of the other communities around us. And every now and then we'll take a couple of acorns and we'll kind of toss them away for 10 days, right? But then we'll run and go get them. Oh, gosh. How's it going? How'd you do on your missions trip? You're a missionary. Oh, gosh, you did it for 10 days. Was that hard? Yes, it was so hard. But I think they ministered to me more than I ministered to them. It was so hard. Oh, good job. You're a missionary. We grab that acorn back and we put it back in our oak tree. Because really, in the end, we're just about having a bunch of acorns, right? We're just about having an oak tree with a bunch of acorns. But here's what I want you to think about. What is the true fruit of an oak tree? It's not an acorn. It's another oak tree. Another oak tree producing more acorns and more oak trees. That, that is what a, the true fruit of an oak tree is. So to have other oak trees, you're going to have to have acorns, but then you're going to have to kind of toss them out, and you're going to have to let them take root and grow another oak tree, and then some other acorns will grow, and they'll be tossed out, and they'll be planted, and that's the way this is supposed to do, supposed to work. And so that's what we did with our Washington campus. We sent, sent like 150 acorns to Washington. 
I want you to notice, we didn't, we're not just randomly tossing acorns and hoping the best, right? Hoping for the best. We, we were planned out. We had a process. We went and we planted it, but we also tilled the soil for a year before. We we're also there tending it, trying to help it grow, trying to right now help it take root. And it's happening. Life change is happening. And Jesus is being exalted in Washington. And it's awesome, right? But, but there's this plan that goes into it. It's not just willy-nilly throwing out a bunch of acorns or one here or one there. And like I said, sometimes as you plant acorns, I mean, sometimes oak trees will grow up and they'll go even farther and you'll end up planting somewhere that you never thought possible, that you never thought you would ever have any impact on, and God will use that. But acorns are not the end goal here. Oak trees are. Not just converts or even disciples, but churches that produce churches, that produce churches. You see, I'm convinced that the church is not supposed to choose. Well, I'm a missions church. Well, we're a discipleship church. Well, we're a whatever church, an outreach church. There's no such thing. That's not the way it works. That's not how Jesus set this thing up to work. That's, that's not what he said. Jesus didn't send us to Jerusalem. He didn't send us to Judea. He didn't send us to Samaria. He didn't send us to the ends of the earth. He very clearly sent us to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. In other words, all of the above, all of the time, the church, Jesus' church of sold-out disciples. I'm not, I'm not talking about country clubs. I'm not talking about feel-good sheep hangouts. I'm, I'm talking about the real church, the church, Jesus' church of sold-out disciples who are allowing him to make the decisions in their lives. They are called, you and I, as Jesus' church, we're called to all of the above, all of the time, everywhere. So if we're a missions church only, we're a sickly church. And if, if we're all about discipling believers in Jesus to the detriment of reaching lost people, we're a sick church, we're sickly. If we're, we're, we're all about going out to Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth, but we neglect Jerusalem, we're sick. It's not good. It's, it's supposed to be all of the above all the time. Now, let me show you something in the scriptures, and then you can decide where you land on this. I, I'm just going to walk you through the book of Acts, or ha at least half of the book of Acts today. Uh, if you ever want to know, what are we supposed to be as a church you can go to the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a great place because that's where the church begins, right? In the book of Acts. So it's a great place to study what we're supposed to be about. And in Acts, you'll notice numbers mentioned a lot. You'll notice some math words. And I believe that numbers matter to God because people matter to God. They represent people. So let me show you what I mean. We read the back half of Acts 1-8 a minute ago. Let me read to you, back up a little bit to verse 4 of chapter 1 in the book of Acts. It says, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So we know from Matthew chapter 28, at the, when Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, he gives us what's called the Great Commission. Has anybody ever heard of the Great Commission before? It's okay, some of you need to read the book of Matthew. It's fine. Uh, Matthew 28, it's the Great Commission where Jesus says, go, you're going to recognize it, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. That's the Great Commission. And so he's about to ascend into heaven, and he goes, Go, tell everybody, disciple everybody, baptize everybody who believes. But now he's going, but wait. <laughs> he's like, go, 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 wait, but wait. Why? Because you're going to need my help. You're going to need my power. And he tells them to wait until they receive his power, his Holy Spirit. You're going to be baptized not many 
not many days from now. And so the, the disciples are scared. They're in this room. They don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, the day of Pentecost happens. And, and there's, there's a sound of a mighty wind that rushes through. And there's tongues of fire kind of floating above everybody's heads. And then they begin to prophesy. And they begin to speak in tongues. And this just amazing moment happens. And they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and all of a sudden, they turn from this, this scared group of men to these, these bold men of faith from mice to lions. And, and then Peter, the apostle Peter, he runs out and he, he, he goes out to the crowd that's gathered there for, the, the, for Pentecost. And, and, and he begins to preach boldly to them. He doesn't pull any punches. He says, you guys crucified your Messiah. You missed it. But you can repent and you can believe. He doesn't, he doesn't pull any punches. And there's this amazing thing that happens where this miracle happens where everybody from all over the ancient world speaking their own tongues and own dialects and own languages, they all hear Peter preach the word of God in their own language. And it's this amazing thing. And then look at what it says in Acts 2 verse 41. It says, so those who received Peter's word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. So 3,000 people give their lives over to Jesus on the day of Pentecost, and the church is born. Sometimes people tell me that they don't like big churches. They say something like, ah, I, don't, I don't know, my church is getting a little too big. I, I like to know everybody, and I like to be best friends with everybody. And Those kind of people wouldn't have liked the early church because it started with 3,000 people. Immediately, there were 3,000 people in the early church. I always ask those people, so how many people do you want to reach for Jesus? Like, how many is too many? Like, is it 200? Is it 500? And then you're like, you know what? No more people can come into the kingdom of God because my church is too big. That one stung a little bit, right? I meant to make it funny, but I didn't. Okay, so my bad. So some people don't like big churches, but the church started with 3,000 people. And then it says that they devoted themselves to each other, becoming a community, and they devoted themselves to studying the word and, and prayer. And then it says this in verse 47, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. He added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And then after 247, uh, there's signs and wonders, people are healed, and the gospel of Jesus is spread, and it's this amazing thing, but there's also persecution, and so apostles and believers in Jesus are thrown in prison, and it's this, this really bad thing, but then the, the believers in Jesus, the early church, they respond not by doing what we would do. What we would do is we would pray for the persecution to end. We would pray for our friends to get out of jail. Instead of praying for that, in the book of Acts, the new church prays for more boldness to preach the same gospel that got them thrown in prison in the first place. And so they just asked God to allow them to preach even more boldly. And then they begin to share everything they have with anyone who has need, the Bible says. And then Acts 5 verse 14 says, And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord multitudes of both men and women. So more, more math words, more numbers. Numbers matter to God because, because people matter to God. And it says believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of men and women. And then something interesting happens in Acts chapter 6, verse 7. I'll show it to you. It says this, And, and the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. So did you catch that? It's not just addition anymore. It begins to multiply, but it's still in Jerusalem. So then after that, as you read the book of Acts, persecution increases. Uh, Stephen is stoned, not the Colorado type of stone, but a different kind of stone. And things begin to just heat up in Jerusalem. And then Saul, who becomes known as the Apostle Paul, he, he gets involved and he starts to just prepare to go to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people to tell them about Jesus. And then look at, look at Acts 9, verse 31. It says, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Now, I'm not the smartest tool in the shed, but even I know that if you want more 
I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. I can't even get that phrase right. I'm so dumb. All right? I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. But even I know that if you want more, multiplication is better than addition, right? Multiplying is better than adding. Can we just agree? Do we have any math teachers that would just confirm that fact in this room? Okay, no? All right. You don't want to go on record. Like, I'm a math teacher, but I'm not going on record, all right? I think multiplication is so, so like if we had 10 people and we added 10, that would be 20. But if each of us went out and got 10, that would be 10 multiplied by 10. That would be not math people. You guys not math people? 10 multiplied by 10? It's 100, right? It would be 100. So some of you are like, hold on, professor. All right? Let me, let me write this thing down. Just trust me, okay? It's a, it's a significant change in the book of Acts. It's this amazing thing. And And it begins to multiply. It begins to multiply. Listen, when it comes to people following Christ, can we just agree that more is better than less? Can we agree on that? That more is better. We're not talking about more on a spreadsheet or more in a building or compromising the truth of the gospel in order to pad our numbers. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about more believers in Jesus, more followers, sold out followers of Jesus. That's that's better than less, right? That's better than that. To God, to, to Luke, writing the book of Acts, that seems to be the case. And so, so the church in Jerusalem, the oak tree in Jerusalem, was doing, doing a good job of, of adding disciples, right? Adding acorns. They were really good at adding acorns. And they were growing and growing, but it wasn't until they left Jerusalem that, that it started to really heat up. And so acorns to other oak trees, to an oak orchard that ended up spanning the globe. And they also opened themselves up to other people groups, not just other towns and cities, but other people groups. And so they didn't think this thing was for Gentiles, for non-Jewish people, but then God gives Peter a vision and tells him to go visit this guy named Cornelius. And he, he goes and he preaches the word of God. He preaches the gospel of Jesus. And, and Cornelius and his whole household, they become the first non-Jewish people to give their lives to Jesus. And then look at this next one in chapter 11, Acts chapter 11, verse 19, it says, now, after that happened in in chapter 10, now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to Hellenists also. In other words, they spoke to the Greeks, to the non-Jewish people also, preaching the Lord Jesus And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas sent or went to Tarsus to look for Saul, who became known as the Apostle Paul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So serious multiplication begins to happen in Acts chapter 11, when, when just what was just one oak tree in Jerusalem begins to spread out and begins to plant all these other oak trees in all these other places. And as you read, you read the book of Acts, you realize that it's not, not because they were mission-oriented, not because they had it down, but because of persecution that this happens. Persecution forces them to get out of Jerusalem, and then oak trees, new churches, start to spring up. And Paul and Barnabas, they stay in Antioch to to encourage the church there, to tend it, to, to help it, to help it get established. And then check this out in 13 verse 1. It says, now, there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers. Skip to verse 2. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on Saul or on them and they sent them off. So now we've got 
kind of a second or third generation thing happening here as this church in Antioch starts to plant a church and send people off to plant. And so Barnabas and Saul are not sent from Jerusalem. They're sent from Antioch to start a new church somewhere else. One of those churches that Jerusalem has multiplied to, has planted, is now planting others. And then the Apostle Paul gets really crazy and he starts to just go from community to community to community, surrounding area to area to area, just leaving oak trees in his wake, new churches that are established by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and that process kind of gets to this, this city named Corinth. And Corinth just goes nuts when it comes to multiplying God's church. I mean, they just get the vision, and they just start to plant churches everywhere. That's Acts 13, 14, 16, 17, 18, and 19. You can check that out later this week. But the oak tree of Jerusalem becomes not just full of acorns, but it becomes this massive oak orchard that spans the globe literally spans the globe. What is, what is the true fruit of a church? It's not a disciple. It's not even a disciple maker. Those are great. Those are vital. We have to have disciples and disciple makers in the church for the church to be the church. But the, the true fruit of a church is a disciple-making, reproducing church. Another oak tree engaging another community for the glory of Jesus Christ and the sake of lost people everywhere. I mean, it's built into what it means to be the church. Listen, I don't think it's really optional. I don't think it's really optional. God is serious about his church reproducing and multiplying to reach the world. He's serious about none perishing. He's serious about the church being the church. I mean, he is, he is so serious about this whole thing. I mean, as I read the book of Acts, it seems like this is the plan from day one, isn't it? When Jesus says to them, hey, you're going to receive power when my spirit comes upon you. Why? Because you're going to need it. Because you're going to be my witnesses, not just in Jerusalem, but in Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. And then they, they take that direction and they go to Jerusalem and they plant a church. They plant an oak tree in Jerusalem. And it grows and grows and grows. But just with Jews in Jerusalem, they still don't get it. And the Apostle Peter, who's kind of the leader at the time, he just doesn't get it. He doesn't get that the the grace of God in Christ extends past Jerusalem, past Israel, to the ends of the earth. He doesn't get it. And so Jesus, he gives him a vision and he says it again. Peter, you got to get out. Listen, you got to spread out and multiply. This is not just about you. This is not just about here. This is not just about your people. This is about all peoples. And so serious is God about his church multiplying multiplying that he does it for them. He allows persecution to happen to force them to get out of Jerusalem and carry with them the gospel of Jesus Christ, acorns, potential churches. And then it starts to happen. One community at a time, one church at a time, one oak tree at a time. I mean, you you kind of have to decide where you land on this yourself, but it seems to me like this was the plan from day one. And not just, not just something we send money to, not a program, not part of a missions fund, but the plan. Plant churches that plant churches, oak trees that plant oak trees, and keep planting churches over and over and over until it spans the globe in every people group hears the truth of Jesus Christ. Which, by the way, has yet to happen 2,000 years later. There are many people groups who have yet to hear the truth of Jesus Christ in our world. I don't, I don't think it's four things, do you? Like Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. I don't think it's, I don't think it's compartmentalized. I mean, as we read the book of Acts, do you? I mean, doesn't it just seem like one thing? Just... Plant churches that plant churches, oak trees that plant oak trees. Isn't it just one thing? I mean, imagine for a moment if the church in Jerusalem 
never left Jerusalem. Imagine all of those churches, those oak trees, just withering and dying all over the world. That lineage of oak trees that comes all the way to us. Imagine it dying. I mean, it would have made for a huge, massive oak tree in Jerusalem, right? I mean, lots of acorns would have been in Jerusalem, but think about all those people that would have never gotten the chance to be one. This is... This is how it's supposed to work. It's built into what it means to be a church, to have this DNA of multiplication. This is how it's supposed to work. But, but somewhere along the way, we got off track. Now, most churches don't even think about multiplication. They, the vast majority of churches never plant another church. That's not our thing. Our thing is discipleship. Our thing is small groups. Our thing is worship. Those are great things. But it's not, those weren't Jesus' main things. Those weren't the apostles' main things either. Jesus' command was clear. Spread out and multiply. Spread out and multiply. Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. All of the above. All of the time. That's why you find yourself a Jesus follower because a church at some place, sometime, somewhere in your history or before you were even born decided to do this thing. They decided to plant a church. They decided to multiply. That's why you find yourself a Jesus follower. It doesn't matter if you got saved in a small, rural, like first something church in uh, in California, at some point, that church w- was planted by someone carrying an oak tree or carrying an acorn who believed in what Jesus wanted us to do, and they planted it. doesn't matter if they've been around 150 years or 15 years, they were planted. Some church did this thing, and that's why you find yourself a Jesus follower. Listen, as your pastor, I'm, I, when it comes to my ministry and my calling and what we're supposed to do here, I'm consumed with with just one thought. Now, I'm not, I'm not kept up at night thinking about how I can please church people. You've probably figured that out by now. I'm just not worried about it. I'm not kept up at night thinking about how I can have a bigger building or have more people in my building. That, I don't, I'm not worried about that. I, I'm, I'm consumed with one thought when it comes to my ministry and calling and what we're supposed to do here in Great, at Great Oaks and in Central Illinois. I'm consumed with one thought. What's the fastest way to get the most amount of people possible into a saving, disciple-making faith in Jesus Christ before he returns. What's the fastest way to get the most amount of people possible into a saving, disciple-making faith in Jesus Christ before he returns? The answer is not addition, it's multiplication, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's got to be multiplication. And, th- and there are many different ways to do that, different methods to accomplish the mission of multiplication. There are different methods. I get that. At Great Oaks, we found our method. Our, our method, we've got a 10 and 10 vision. It means that we have a vision to have 10 campuses, 10 Great Oaks locations and 10 different communities within 10 years. So we're one year into that and we've got two locations. So that means we've got nine years and eight more to go. Amen. That's where we're headed. That's what we're going to do. Our plan is that Germantown Hills campus plants a new campus, a new location every two years. And every campus that we plant is involved in planting another campus every three years. That's that's how we've kind of gamed it out. That's how we've chosen. This makes sense to us. This this is the easiest, best, most sustainable way for us to to accomplish the mission of multiplication. But, But another church will do it differently, right? And, and every, that's okay. We don't care. We just want, we just want the, the mission of God to be accomplished in central Illinois. We want churches to be multiplied. That, that's okay that other places do it, do it differently. But we've decided on our, our method. In Acts 1, just before Jesus says our key verse in verse 8 that we're looking at this week and next week, 
Um, so this, this famous verse about Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, it's actually an answer to a question. Jesus is answering the disciples' question. And so I want to show you that question. Um, you kind of see where the disciples are at this moment. Right before the church begins, right before Pentecost, right before it takes off, here's what they say in verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? <laughs> They were missing it, weren't they? Let let me interpret that for you. Here's what they were saying. Hey, is it time to whoop up on some Gentiles? Hey, is this it? Jesus, is this it? Are you going to like overthrow Rome? Are we going to like set up the kingdom of Israel to be the top dogs again? Is that what we're, should we get you a horse to ride on or what? I mean, that's that's what they're doing. They're all about Israel. They're all about Jerusalem. They just don't get it. I imagine Jesus is kind of, Rolls his eyes and shakes his head and goes, guys, come on. This isn't about just you, just here, just Jerusalem. And, and then he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. In other words, none of your business. You don't need to worry about, don't ask me again. Don't ask me again. Well, you don't need to be about that. Here's what you're going to be about. You're going to be about more than just here. You are going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive power when the Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses, not just here in Jerusalem, not just here in Israel, but Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, all of the above, all of the time. That's what you're going to be about. So, man, maybe, maybe you've been off a little bit in your focus. Maybe you've been focused on your one thing. Or, or maybe it's kind of your four and no more. You know, your family, we just kind of get by and we do all the activities. And, you know, God gave me my family first, Pastor, so I'm going to just focus on that. Okay, but your four and no more. For me, it would be like my seven going to heaven, Right? Maybe you're all about that. Um, maybe, maybe you're off a little bit. Maybe, maybe you're all about your own kingdom. Maybe that's what you're about. Listen, the disciples were in the same place. In Acts 1, they'd already been with Jesus three years. The Pentecost is about to happen. The church is about to explode. And the, the disciples were about Jerusalem. They were about here. They just didn't get it. Peter didn't get it that that the grace of God in Christ extended past Jerusalem, past Israel to the ends of the earth, and Jesus had to come in and give him this crazy vision and go, hey, you need to wake up. And still he didn't do it, and they they didn't get it. Many, Many of them had to eat crow later in the book of Acts because they just didn't get that God had extended this to people other than their own people. They had to repent. They had to ask for forgiveness and change direction. Maybe maybe you need to repent. Maybe you need to repent of spending all of your time and effort and money and resources into building your tiny little kingdom instead of into building God's kingdom on earth. Maybe maybe you need to repent. Repent. Ten campuses in ten years. That's ambitious, isn't it? I mean, that's crazy. How are we going to be able to pull that off? It's Great Oaks. Like, how are we going to pull that off? The answer is we can't. We're not. The answer is in Acts 1, verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. All of us. Everybody, not just me as pastor, not just Pastor Nate, not just Pastor Dan, but all of us, we've got to pray and ask that the power of the Holy Spirit would come upon us to equip us to accomplish the mission of God in central Illinois, the mission that God has given us as a church, as Great Oaks. We've got to pray for the power to take our church in the right direction. One last thought. You may be wondering, like, man, Can we really afford to do this? I mean, volunteers and money and time and effort. Like, can we really afford to do this? But after reading the book of Acts with you today, my question is, can we afford not to? 
I mean, this is God's plan. This is plan A. This is what he had planned in the beginning. Can we really, can we really afford not, can we afford to be a church that doesn't reproduce itself? I mean, this is going to be costly and it's going to be difficult, but it's also going to be life transforming for a ton of people that we have no impact on right now. Thousands upon thousands. Numbers. But numbers matter to God. Moms, dads, third graders, high school students, grandparents, college students, empty nesters, young professionals, people, people who are far from Christ, people who matter to God. And the truth, love, and light of Christ that you now enjoy, it it spread from new church to new church to new church, oak tree to oak tree to oak tree. It survived persecution. It outlasted heresy. It spanned the globe over 2,000 years to get to you. You are now holding an acorn. Our church is full of acorns, potential churches. Wouldn't it be a shame for that lineage of oak trees to end with us? God have mercy on us if that thought doesn't keep us up at night. So what do you do? What do you do? You multiply. Do whatever you can to reproduce. Do whatever you can to to multiply. You you multiply yourself. You you make a disciple. You bring somebody with you. Some of you have never even, never done that. But bring somebody with you. Make a disciple. Multiply yourself. Multiply your life group. There's no such thing as a closed life group. Only a confused one. Multiply your life group. Multiply yourself. Multiply your life group and multiply your church. Pray. Give financially, sacrificially to this. And go. Next time we have an opportunity, go. Even if you live in Germantown Hills or Metamora or Washington, go to the next campus to plant it, to plant that oak tree, to plant that church for the glory of God. All right. At all of our campuses, Germantown, Washington, online, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. God, thank you for your plan, your mission. Just how big and how awesome it is. How rewarding it is to be a part of what you're doing on the earth. I pray, Jesus, that you would help us. I pray first for these, the Jesus followers in this room or those who would say they are followers of you, God, that that are struggling, that would struggle to, to find anywhere in their life where they would be a part of this, that they would be a part of your plan, your mission to reach the world with your gospel. I just pray that you would overcome doubt and fear and excuses and busyness and all the stuff that the devil uses. I pray that we would leave here encouraged. We'd leave here encouraged um, and that we would leave here inspired to do what you've called us to do. I pray for the other group of people in here who have yet to give their lives over to Jesus. I pray, God, uh, that that you would help them to do that, that this talk through the book of Acts, uh, God, that it would that would, it would woo them and attract them and bring them into a relationship with you, that they would long to be a part of what you've called them to be a part of, what you've created them for, that they would give their life over to you and Jesus, God, that your Holy Spirit would transform them. We can't do this without you. We can't multiply without you. We can't do 10 and 10 without you. We need your help, Jesus. Holy Spirit, give us the power to do what you've asked us to do. It's in your holy name that we pray. Everybody said Amen. Amen. Hang out just for a little bit longer um, at Great Oaks. Uh, We always try to have a response at the end of our messages. We want to be a church that not only preaches the word of God, but allows you not only to listen and understand it, but to apply it. And so depending on the message, we'll have different, different response times, different kinds of responses. So the response is a little different uh, each week. It's a little different 
today, this week, what I'm asking you to do is to, to get involved in what our church calls kingdom builders. So, so Great Oaks is about more than just here, more than just ours, more than just us, more than just people who look like us, vote like us, believe what we believe. We're about more than that. We believe that Jesus... Uh, that, that the gospel is true, that Jesus entered into human history, that he saved our souls on the cross. We celebrated that with communion a moment ago. That he did that, not just for us, but for humankind. We believe that God really wants none to perish. And so we, we want to be about more than just us and just right here. And that's where Kingdom Builders comes in. So if you're a visitor today, this really isn't for you. I'd love for you to jump on board, but man, I hope that you see that we're about more than just us, and that's a good thing to you. But, but I'm asking each of you to become a kingdom builder with me, and that means three things. You build God's kingdom. When you say, I'm going to be a kingdom builder, I'm going to be a part of kingdom builders, this is what you do. You serve here at Great Oaks. You get on a serve team, get on a a ministry team. You, You can ask about that at Connection Central, get an application, turn it in. Put it on a connect card, we'll follow up. And then number two is you serve outside of these walls in our partner organizations, both locally and abroad. Um, so you, we've got partner organizations in the lobby that would love to connect with you, but maybe you have one in your mind that you want to jump in and serve with. That would be great. And then number three, you, you build God's kingdom by giving of your finances, above and beyond your tithe, beyond that first 10% of your income, to the Kingdom Builders Fund so that we can be about more than just here and just us. If you've been here long, you should have heard about Kingdom Builders. We talk about it all the time. Um, but we talk about it kind of exclusively one time a year, so you just stumbled into that today. That's what we're talking about uh, today. And, and when we do that, we, we're asking you to recommit, to revisit your involvement in Kingdom Builders, to increase uh, your involvement in Kingdom Builders. So this will be our third year doing this Kingdom Builders thing, and you guys have done great. Like you are jumped on board and you've done awesome. It's been cool to see a lot of you jump into service here at Great Oaks who, have, who, who weren't doing that before. Uh, I hear from our partner organizations locally all the time about how much they love Great Oaks because they've got so many people to showing up to serve. It's awesome. You guys are doing great. And many of you jumped on financially too, and that, that's great. Life groups are serving like crazy. If, you, if you're in a life group that has yet to get into a rhythm of serving, once a month or once every two months in our partner organizations, talk to your life group leader. Tell them, hey, listen, you lead the group. You clean your house before we get there. Hey, I'll be the serve person. I'll be the serve person. Let me connect with these organizations and do that in the lobby or call them this week and get your group serving. But last year on the financial end, um, in our second year of of Kingdom Builders, this was our goal. Our goal was 265 thousand dollars. Do you guys believe that we gave that to Kingdom Builders? Anybody have the faith? Okay, two of you believe that we gave it. Everybody else is not sure. You're like, I have no clue. We did. We gave it. All right. So we got that 265. Good job, everybody. That's awesome. God was faithful. So in three years, we went from zero to 265 or two years. Um, and then this year's goal uh, is $285,000. And honestly, that goal will be easy to reach if everybody jumps on board. My heart and hope is that we pass that 300000 mark this year, that we're able to give a surplus to our partner organizations uh, so that we can be a blessing to them towards the, towards the end of next year in 2020. Uh, and so but I believe that we can do that. If everybody jumps on, it'll be pretty easy. So to explain kind of how this works and what I'm asking you to do, um, the Kingdom Builders, it, it finances three things each year. Everything has threes because that's how they taught me to do it in seminary. But Kingdom Builders Fund finances three things. Global missions, that's gospel-oriented things, directly gospel-oriented things here and abroad. So it could be YFC, Metamora, or... or um, uh, something in Washington that is, what's, what's it called? Young Life, Young Life in Washington that we're supporting, those kind of things. It could also be a missionary or a Bible school or something like that on the other side of the world, global missions. The second one is local church expansion. That's our 10 and 10 vision. That's expanding into this next year and the year after our third campus. So that's what that's about. And then three is compassion ministries, local and, ab- and abroad. So those are ministries that go to meet physical needs, the greatest needs in our community and in our 
our world. They're right on the front lines. And so, so those are the three things that this Kingdom Builders Fund goes to. You'll see on your way out, we'll hand you a sheet of paper. Everybody grab one of those. It tells you exactly where all, every penny goes, okay, out of that 285000 so you'll know. But just so you understand where this comes from. So how is the Kingdom Builder Fund going to be financed? First of all, it's 10% of Great Oaks General Fund, okay? So, so just like we encourage you to the biblical principle of tithe, giving 10% of your income, the leadership team of Great Oaks has committed to giving 10% of our general fund. The church is at least that much. So whatever comes in, general fund, offering tithe, we give 10% right off the top to kingdom builders. We make sure that goes outside of our walls. The second funding source is Great Oaks individuals and families giving above and beyond tithe towards kingdom builders. And so it's about half and half. So it's not like we're 90% from one and 10% from the other. We, we require, we, we, we lean into about half and half within that. So to be clear, if you haven't yet taken the step of faith to begin tithing, you should start there. Start with that 10% mark. That's an entry-level thing in the Bible. Start with 10% giving. Work towards that. If you're not there now, work towards that over 2020. Make sure you get there by the end of 2020. Start tithing because 10% of that goes to kingdom builders right off the top. Are you tracking with me so far? Also, if everybody gave to kingdom builders and we had like a million dollars come into kingdom builders, but then we closed our doors because everybody's tithe went to kingdom builders, can we agree that would be bad? So don't do that. Don't take your tithe and put it to kingdom builders. We operate as Great Oaks from your tithes, from that commitment to tithe. And so, but once you're tithing, we're asking everyone to ask the Lord what you, what you should sacrifice in a one-time offering to kingdom builders. You, you could also commit to give monthly if you, if you want to budget that out, if you're not able to give a lump sum. Uh, many of you did both of those things last year. You gave... In the, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, you gave in the beginning and then you also gave monthly. That was awesome. It helped us budget for <coughs> kingdom builders. We knew what was coming in. That was great. Uh, that's what your card and your bulletin is all about. It'll explain that. Um, so use it to tell us what you're going to give, when you can give it, turn it in. Uh, we'll give it back to you. We'll give a, a copy back to you. You can mail it to us. You can stop at Connection Central. Ushers will have buckets on the way out. You can drop that in there. Uh, you can do any of that to make sure you, do, you get in. So 285000 is our goal. If everyone gets involved, does something for Kingdom Builders, there's no doubt in my mind that we'll hit this. We'll be able to bless our community and our world in this way. But here's what I would say about that. Last thing, don't, don't worry about like the math of it. So here's what I'd say. Don't do the math. Just do your part. Don't do the math. Don't look around and go, how many people do we have coming to church and we have to divide 285,000 by half of that by this and carry the two and all that. Don't, don't do the math, okay? Don't, don't do the math. Just do your part. Give what you can in a, in a, in a, in a faith offering. Um, I'm not asking you individually to give 285,000, although I would accept that for Jesus if you wanted to do that. I would accept that uh, for the Kingdom Builders uh, initiative. I'm just asking you to give what you can. Just pray and ask God. Some of you can give $20,000 in a one-time offering, $500 a month. That's awesome if you can do that. If some of you, it's $100 right now and 15 or 20 a month. That's great. We would love that. Many of us are, most of us are somewhere in between that. So it's not about equal gifts. It's about equal sacrifice. When you give to great or give to Kingdom Builders, just make sure you write it in the memo line of your check. Choose that fund online if you're giving online, and it'll go straight to Kingdom Builders and out of these doors to those uh, organizations that we support or to 10 and 10. All right. Why don't you stand with me? Here's, here's my prayer for us today. May we never stop multiplying and making disciples for Jesus. May Great Oaks leave in its wake a sea of oak trees for Christ. And may each of us, in very real and sacrificial ways, build God's kingdom here on earth. As always, you are not dismissed. You are sent. Go out and make Jesus followers who make other Jesus followers. God bless. We'll see you next week.